Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed you are, is... Fan Effect. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fan Effect, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters. The best place in Utah to see a movie. Uh, I wish that sometimes I could watch other things besides movies there, although I, I understand they do a video game thing where you can rent it out with your friends and play, like, Xbox or PlayStation on the actual giant screen, that would be a total blast. Now that I'm totally into video games again, I started playing Battlefront. Joining me for this episode is Dan Spindle from KSL <laughs> hey. TV. Dan, welcome back to another episode. If you're here, then we must be talking about we Star have to Wars. Be. Well, it, because video games, the only reason my kids ask me to play video games with them is so that they feel good about themselves. <laughs> and they love just putting me in my place. And I mean like the, the you know PlayStation or Xbox or whatever. I tried kind of setting my son up. I said, okay, let's play Tecmo Bowl, the old school. The best I one. did, and he beat me. He beat you at Which that one, was, too? I know. It was a, what team did it was you a pick? shameful moment. Well, either you can do either L.A. or Chicago, Raiders right. or Bears, because right. you have Mike Singletary, who's the fastest on the Bears, and you have Bo Jackson on the uh, on the Raiders. That's it. Those are the only 49ers choices. 49ers have a pretty good one, too. Yeah. Because they have a pass play where you can hit them <laughs> on the slant if they blitz you. Anyway, okay. I know all about te- <laughs> This is good to know. We, we talk about a lot of nerd stuff here, but we I'm sure just as do. nerdy about uh, <laughs> Super Nintendo and uh, Tecmo Super. That's my favorite video game of all time. Uh, but Battlefront's been pretty cool. I, I've played the, you know, we dug out the old PlayStation 2 with the kids. Yes. We've been playing the PS2 Battlefront from 2005, Battlefront 2. Uh, and then I a couple years ago, there was a sale on Battlefront 2, the new version, the one for the yeah. next-gen consoles. And so I bought it for PC, even though I didn't have a PC that could support it. But I was like, well, someday I will. And it'll still be fun <laughs> so this then, is right? there waiting so to be played. Today has become someday. Oh, like the toys waiting to be played with. They're so sad. This is a sad video game. Uh, my kids have loved that. And uh, what is the Jedi Fallen Order. They love the Star Wars video games. I played Squadrons also. That's yes, been pretty they, fun. And my kids have that too. I haven't gotten too far in Squadrons. No, but. I'm not. Again, I'm not great at it. I'm just not good at the whole PS4, 5, whatever If you apparatus. had more time, Dan, you'd get better. I, I would, true. and I'd appreciate it, but what I like about it is they, they pull me in when they show me the cutscenes because the storylines are incredible, and, and some of the storylines have actually made their, their way into live action. I mean, at least some characters and things, too. So, And we're hoping to see Shadows of the Empire. That's an old Nintendo 64 game. Yes. Supposedly, yeah. I heard people want I want to say I read somewhere once that they were considering adapting that storyline, but, you know, as with everything with Disney owning... Um, uh, Star Wars and making all the pre two thousand what fourteen twenty twelve ish era legends right they'll just pick stuff out so sure. we may be, we may get Kyle Katarn but it won't be it might be a different the type, same yeah, story different guy take. that was in yeah that's so, okay well since we're talking about things that could be made into their own series that's what we're joining today and so today on our Star Wars talk with Dan Spindle we're going to be talking about Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> Obi Wan Obi Wan now, that's a name I've not heard in a long time. A long time. Probably, what, oh, 15, boy. 16 years to be exact since we've talked about anything new with the venerable Jedi legend Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he is now, instead of being portrayed by Alec Guinness, portrayed by Ewan McGregor. 17 years, Andy. Because it was 05. Uh, yeah, I was kind of rounding I mean, to 2020-ish, but it, you're right, it's, it's been crazy, 17 years. Right? It's, I could not believe, I had to do the math. I couldn't believe it's been that long. Whenever we get milestones like this, I think back to when the thing came out, 
Right. That how many years before that? What like what's the comparison difference? So, the first time he took on the role Obi Wan Kenobi, nineteen ninety nine, Phantom Menace. Yeah. So that was since eighty three, right? Nineteen ninety nine was twenty three years ago. Oh, oh, you're saying from now? Right, yeah. Right. So twenty three years. Twenty three right. years since he first was Obi Wan Kenobi. Sure. Yeah. But twenty three years before that puts you back to nineteen seventy six. Right. Pre Star Wars. That's crazy. Pre A New Hope. Man. Yeah, so little fun things. Mind-blowing. Fun things for reference. So now, last week, uh, Entertainment Weekly on Twitter in the morning puts out uh, pictures yeah. from the new Obi-Wan. So our first look They activated the a Twitter account, too, a Twitter handle that was for the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And on EW. Yeah, and all, well, no, just on Twitter, and all oh, it said oh. was, hello there. That was it. Perfect. And people lost their minds. And I thought, ooh, what's this? And then all of a sudden, out comes the Entertainment Weekly spread. And I yep. thought, oh, this is great. And I was tweeting about it and looking at the, the first images that we've seen. Little did we know. And then a little bit later, I'm at, I, I think I was actually home by then. This was, this was coming up on noon. And I don't remember what I saw, but I saw something that said, because you even t- you even tweeted when you tweeted the, the pictures, pictures, you said, hey, right. bring on the trailer, right, you know, yeah. ha, ha, ha. I figured. Someday that'd be great. <laughs> and then suddenly it's like 1145 here in Utah and there's a trailer available. So I immediately watch it and send the link to you knowing that it is now yes. just afternoon. Hey, Dan, did you, because I thought maybe you'd seen it too right I, before. Yeah. You got the noon newscast. in the way. And this darn noon newscast, you know, having to work. <laughs> and so we were getting ready and, and the producer was already talking to me in my ear with my earpiece. And I thought, oh, no, can't we just, put, I, I, it was like two minutes before the top of the show. I said, hold on a second. We got Obi-Wan Kenobi. So and you saw that before I texted you? No, I wanted to postpone the newscast, but lo and behold, <laughs> so I, I was to keep, the first one to tell you. I started talking about it. All of a sudden, I was like, see, Andy just texted me, and, and everybody's talking about it, and I, I kind of let it play for a second, and I paused it. And went, okay, first commercial break. Wait, you do that on the air, or was it during a story? No, no during a story. because oh, I was like, that would, I, yeah. I got to go back and watch this. And the this. first commercial break, I was going to run it, and then our commercial break was messed up, and Master Control said, oh, no. So we came out, we dumped out of the commercial break <sighs> after about 30 seconds. And so I, so anyway, you had to be short, delayed. I, I was multiple delayed multiple times, twenty minutes or so, but I, it was worth it. Worth it. And then you did a reaction video of you I on did. Twitter. Just, I just figured I would do that. I've done that in the well, past with smart. certain, uh, you know, uh, Star Wars films and things. I think it was more interesting having watched it because. It was you sitting on the new set, right? Yeah, in a commercial, like yep. you've got your computer up I and you got up your phone. I was against the clock holding. too, man. I had to, I had to get through that quickly, <laughs> so there was no stopping and and enjoying. I just had to take it all in. All right, so here, let's listen to it, and then we'll talk about it. You know, this is audio, so we can talk over it if we want. First of all, the fight is done. We lost. I mean, these are the dark times. Yeah. These are the dark times. We and lost. this music's giving me the goosebumps again. John Williams music. I mean, this is a variation on Anakin's Battle of the Heroes. Oh, and then this. Duel As the Lucasfilm logo blows away in sand. Chills right now. Chills. Inquisitors making their live action debut. I thought that was Palpatine for a split second. Yeah, it's, it was very sounding, are. let's say. Their compassion boots hanging. Well, leaves a trail. And we know this is, I mean, Inquisitors, if you're not familiar with the animation, this is the all-out search for the Jedi across the galaxy. Let's let's snuff them out once and for all. I assume we're going to see some more dead Jedi in this no series. No question. There's no question. But... Oh, it's, oh, just wow. the mu- it's the music, man. Star Wars is as much about the music as it is well, everything else. Well, we have else. not had John Williams in a streaming series yet. That's His true. last thing was Rise of Skywalker. He said that was the last thing he was going right. to do for Star Wars. We thought it was. Hope survives. Oh, and you just heard Darth Vader. They had a quick little... <sighs> John Williams, how can you do that to me? Well, that I, I would argue... You talk to any Star Wars fan and you talk about your favorite character, your favorite scene, your favorite storyline. John Williams is Star Wars. And when you hear it, it's like any 
taste or smell or that connects directly to your memory and can transport you immediately somewhere else. John Williams is the lifeblood and the beating heart of Star Wars. For me, I hear John Williams and I, I'm a I'm a blubbering mess. Those were <laughs> right? the parts. Those were the parts, honestly, of the pre of the sequel trilogy that got that usually got me emotional is when I heard a musical cue. Because I've listened to those Yoda's things. I have theme listened. and Leia's theme and, oh, yeah, the I mean, I'm talking theme. since high school. The first, my, my mom didn't want me to listen to Metallica, so she gave me a cassette tape <laughs> of the Star Wars. Like, it was a sampling of the Fantastic. Star Wars trilogy. So yeah. there was, it was clips from different ones, concert suites, I think, because I kept thinking, where's this part in the movie? And it was because it, they had clipped it for a scene. Uh, principally, the, the asteroid chase. It was yeah. like, so much longer than it was in the movie. Oh, that's great. And so... I've been listening to Star Wars music by itself for just my entire life, essentially. My mom loved the soundtrack. She, we had the records. Sometimes she'd check the yeah. records out from the library, and we'd listen to them. And so music of Star Wars is really, like you said, directly connected to my heart. So in the, fir- the first full trailer we got for um, uh, The Force Awakens, yeah. the first long trailer, oh, not yeah. the short one. I mean, the short one, when they played the Star Wars fanfare and the right. Millennium yeah, Falcon yeah. goes upside down, that was cool. But... When they play like Han and Leia's theme, yep. that got me every time. I like that so much that I think I went on YouTube and found people had taken it and then like clipped the dialogue out of the trailer. So you just had the music from the trailer. Right. And I put that, I bought the soundtrack to uh, to, uh, Fan- or to Force Awakens. And then I made that, the like whatever, there's 13 tracks. I made that track number 14, oh. <laughs> trailer number three music. Cause it it's was- that good. If you want to talk about something that unites the entire fan base when there is a lot of division about the sequel trilogy versus prequels versus OT versus streaming, whatever, right. no one ever says, yeah, and that John Williams track was lame. <laughs> I even feel <laughs> yeah. bad joking about it. I This is a bit well, of a tangent, but talking about music, in the 80s and 90s when my buddy and I, my cousin, uh, we would listen to music in all movies and we actually got hooked on musical scores and the Oscars, our biggest thing that we would look for other than director and pick, uh, best picture was best original score. So I had a taper or a CD of a John Williams Spielberg collaboration right. and I could see the, the cover of it still with Steven Spielberg and John Williams faces. And then, you know, in the so background, many Indiana Jones. ones too. Great, great uh, music. And, but then I, I, I expanded from there. I had a lot of James Horner yep. and Danny Elfman. I had a, I had a, um, tape or CD called Music for a Darkened Theater. And so I was always into Hans Zimmer and all of these guys, um, uh, Thomas Newman and, and, and Randy Newman and just fantastic musical scores. You're leaving out the other big one. Who am I forgetting? Jerry. Goldsmith? Yep. Okay, Jerry Goldsmith is one. <laughs> sure. his last name. <laughs> John Barry but was he did one. All the, he did a lot of the Star Trek. Right, Jerry Goldsmith, yeah. he did Hoosiers, he did... Oh, he was a prolific... A composer. So for me, I don't know, just tying that into Star Wars, for me, the music and these new, uh, what was it, Ludwig Gorenson, the great, uh, uh, how, do you, how do you say Giacchino. his name? Giacchino. I always say it wrong. I, I yeah. go, uh, Giacchino or whatever. Giacchino. Great new composer. one. Yes. Which tied right in, had a great feel, and it's got a, it's got a nice, uh, uh, what would you call it, a fanfare to it. I hope, and I don't know how it works with the rights to the John Williams scores. I mean, I assume, yeah. I assume Disney owns all those along sure. with the rest of the films. So I am somebody who doesn't care how much the new composers sample John Williams. Agreed. Because some of those themes are so closely tied to that character or concept. Yes. If um, you hit a specific arc, like Princess Leia's the theme. If you right. show Princess Leia, then you need to play a to few be. strains of to. Princess Leia's yeah. theme. If you show Han Solo, I, I'd be okay with them doing the Han and Leia theme. Um, I actually thought when I listened to that clip from the trailer so many times that I was like, you know, and I didn't know if this was intentional or accidental. I was like, think about it. Like the first time we heard the Han and Leia theme is when they're in the Millennium Falcon and yep. they're they're about to kiss and it's right. just the single like string or the, you know, whereas with, with Leia's theme, it was like a, an oboe or a bassoon. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the wind instrument was, but uh, it was just like a single violin. But then when it goes to uh, this trailer and it shows Han and Leia hugging and it's like, this full orchestra, and yeah. I'm like, look at this. Like, the music is telling you that this love is yes. matured from just the first strings to the... Now, it turned That's out they were deep. divorced, which we didn't sure, know sure. at the time. <laughs> but, That's deep. But well, I, I, I know, I, true, I ascribed though. more to it, but I thought, you know, like, 
music is telling that story, right. and I know that the composers put that thought into it, even if you know the people who listen to it don't read the production notes sure. and see them saying, you know, like, well, since this was the thing, I thought we should add this to to represent this, and they do all that stuff, and we just absorb it, right? And we don't even realize that they're toying with our emotions like that. Well, and if you think about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that's coming up, blasting Duel of the Fates just into it, it is perfect because that ties us directly to the to the prequel era. And Obi-Wan Kenobi is Ewan McGregor, right? He's had so much more screen time as Obi-Wan Kenobi than Alec Guinness had, just, just yep. as far as timing in the movies in their respective trilogies um, and taking nothing away from Alec Guinness because he is perfection as, as well Obi-Wan and that's Kenobi. a challenge for mcgregor and and you know keep going because i yeah. want to revisit this in a minute well just talking about that i mean that's that's the musical cue and so the duel of the fates which again was 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 the um you know it was this rough time of heightened jedi combat followed by an immediate death of a mentor right in the phantom menace right and then when you add in, you know, some of the Mustafar notes, fight which they they add in, fighting with uh, Anakin, so Battle they, of the Heroes, I yeah, believe the... and they put it into this one with, uh, I mean, and then they start doing this foam, foam. It's almost like this either a beating heart or a, almost like a ticking clock, which is time. Look, you thought that they all got wiped out in Order sixty six. No, there is a dark force coming at you. He's in hiding. He's not safe. So that there's all these things come to mind. Oh, no. What's he going to do? All he's trying to do. You see immediately he's trying to protect Luke. Right. I am going into everything. But you see through the the binocs, you know, that he can see a a young what everybody assumes is a young Luke Skywalker. But we do assume that. I don't know how it couldn't be. But right. But there's still no safety. There is no safety in his position of oh, just stay hidden. No, it's. Stay hidden or else you'll die. I mean, it's stay hidden or else they'll find you, torture you, and and you're in big trouble. So it just it puts you on edge a little bit. It's not have, yeah, have a was, nice retirement on Tatooine. Was he saying stay hidden to Luke, though? I, he could have. Because that's sure. the nice thing about the trailers is they'll put dialogue and Either show you an image or, to give you an idea, even though when you hear the dialogue, he might be saying that to when he finds another Jedi. Another Jedi that's and he's what like, I thought. You need to stay and alive. And that's a Jedi that for sure they're going to kill. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that's a poor Jedi. They're going to introduce us to a nice confidant, and, and then they'll have to wipe somebody out that means a lot. That's what they do in you know, movies start off that way. They set the stage, you get to know somebody, and then they take them away from you to just to bust your heart wide open. See, now I'm getting all these ideas that I hadn't had before. (laughs) Because I I want to do some, I want to do, before we finish, I want to do rampant speculation. Like, what are some of the craziest things that you'd like to see, even though they probably would never happen? But we'll do that at the end. We'll do that at the end. Uh, The thing that I wanted to touch on here is as we we start watching, I like, I mean, I, I really enjoy Mandalorian. I liked Book of Boba Fett. I liked it more when Mandalorian was in it. Absolutely, yeah. But I... I was excited, but this one I'm surprisingly more excited about than I thought I was going to be. Right now, I'm not that excited about the Andor series. I'll enjoy it, but I'm not like, I can't wait to see it. And with the Obi-Wan one, I was just like, mm, I mean, it could be good. Sure. I, I, the fact that they've got you and McGregor back helps it a thousand percent. Obviously, if he's alive, they shouldn't do it without him. Yeah. I mean, that that would feel like a money grab and nothing else. Everything's a money grab, first it of is, all. It is, sure. But if they did it without McGregor, it's a money grab and nothing well, else. And, and I don't think anybody really would want to see that either. I, I mean, you so know either. you and McGregor is able-bodied and ready to go and, and excited about it. So, But for him, the challenge, and this, this is the one thing that will be interesting to watch, and the one thing that in a way I think is a little bit unfair to you and McGregor is that he – and he talked about this when they were making the prequel trilogy – was that he had to start hedging his performance to add a little bit of Alec Guinness. Sure. And it makes sense because this is the Alec Guinness that we've seen. But that I, I, I think that kind of sucks in a way because we don't get to see you and McGregor do however he wants. He has to kind of right. start shoehorning it in a certain direction. That's the one drawback of doing things prequel style after you've right. already had a chapter of the story. But um, I do like that – they can almost do it in real time, set the series in real time from, well, maybe not exactly, close. but closer yeah. um, to, you know, then if they filmed this the year after they made uh, Revenge of the Sith and then right. like, here, let's see the next chapter. Try and make him and look And then he's got to look even older, whereas sure. now there's some actual aging. And here's the other thing is that he now has had 23 years to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Now he's only... 
you know, actively been Obi-Wan Kenobi over the six years plus a little. But he's had 23 years to think about, you know, he was a Star Wars fan before he started. Sure. Um, if you read in the Entertainment Weekly article, there's all this stuff about kind of the journey that this has gone through where he kind of was like, no, look, I'm, I'm okay if we don't do more Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm okay. Uh, but I think he always thought it would be cool to revisit the character if they they did it right. No question. And well, now he's kind of said that too. I I would say then too he didn't about, want to sound like he was campaigning for it. Right. He said, "I want to make sure that people know this is my gig." Well, and let me kind of add on to that what you said about the Alec Guinness connection. I will say that he has so much goodwill in Star Wars fandom now because there's been so much time and so much hunger for him to revisit the role. I don't know that anybody's going to watch him do whatever. I mean, I say whatever he wants. He's going to portray. Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he's not going to depart from whatever Alec Guinness did to right. originate the character, but I think he can kind of do whatever he wants. He's not going to be train-spotting Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> going to say, wait a second, that doesn't match the Alec Guinness that I remember, because no, that's true. they have given him so much credit for being that Obi-Wan that uh, an entire generation, that's who they knew, right? There's that's no th- Alec Guinness Star Wars memes that I know of, but there's plenty of Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan. Right. Hello there. Hello there. That's the big one. Uh, so uncivilized, you oh, know, all these different things. And, and, of course, that tied into everything that Alec Guinness did and some of the lines and everything. And yeah. I, I think it's just a great character. And Ewan McGregor is such a, 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 a person who's so joyous in what he does. And he just seems so connected to the fan base in that, hey, you want to see this? I want to deliver. And I love this, too. And I love Alec Guinness. And you love Alec. It's just he's he, he does, like you said, he's a fan. He feels like one of us. And so I think his portrayal... Everybody's just been hungry to see it. The fact that they've done rewrites, I think in any other Star Wars production, this might be a red flag, where you say, oh, here we go again. Rogue One had to be rewritten at the end and recut and re-edited. We didn't even see things that appeared in the trailer in the actual movie. Um, Did you have any problems with how it turned out? Well, that's the thing. Same thing with with the sequel trilogy, and they had directors in and directors out, and, okay, J.J.'s going to retake it over. There is this perception of Disney Star Wars as an absolute cluster. That's the perception. Now, there's truth to it in certain instances. I have to point back to The Mandalorian, which is everybody's favorite Star Wars of the last, you know, since the original trilogy. I, I would say even more so than the prequels because the prequels were not received well fully the when they were released. They have And McGregor aged commented so well. on that in the EW article. He says it's yeah, been satisfying say? to me to see the people he's like he didn't overemphasize it, but he said the people who the prequels were made for, the kids at the time, he says are now grown up and telling me, you know, how much they loved what I did, the way right. that we felt about Alec Guinness and yes. Mark Hamill. And it was nice to acknowledge that because and I'm going to toot my own horn here. I've been saying that since 99. I you know, I I'll admit first time through Phantom Menace soaked it in, loved it. It was amazing. Saw it like six times that week. But by the third viewing, I realized I was waiting for the pod race and the duel of the fates. Right. That's what I was like that's everything else was just kind of secondary and you know we'd had such a drought of Star Wars it soaked it up like a sponge and it wasn't necessarily the greatest thing but even as I was watching it and people started complaining about Jar Jar I was like guys like he's for kids and kids are supposed to be enjoying this like I had I, to... I want more cool stuff sure yeah. but I'm also like I'm okay with that like I, I will admit He's, I had Jar-Jar's to come around. Jar Jar's not the main character. He's yeah. not like we're following Jar Jar. Well, I, I had to come around. I admit, and I tell everyone fully, my, my Star Wars fandom ebbs and flows, right, um, through the years. When Phantom Menace came out, I was on such a high. My uh, Again, my uh, film partner and a cousin of mine waiting for it to come out. We were consuming the original trilogy over and over again on VHS. And we yep. just that summer, just waiting for it to come out. And we saw it and we're so disappointed. And when I say so disappointed. Were you I'm, disappointed on day one? Oh, day one. It was, really? Oh, yeah. Had you already heard people complaining about no, it? No, no. No, it wasn't that. And it was that I... I I complained about all the things that everyone complained about with the prequels, which was what's with this writing, what's with the gags and the the fart jokes and the that kind of thing. Which fart jokes I thought were kind of dumb. Well, I, I will say that I think fart jokes are dumb in everything outside yeah. of like a Fairly Brothers comedy, right? Where you know what you're getting going in, and so you're like, I'm okay with body Look, humor. But you when you get that in Star bad Wars, bad little actor Anakin, poor guy Jake he Lloyd. Wasn't now the worst. 
worst. He wasn't the worst. And, but we but didn't. I we hadn't he seen the, the tryouts. <laughs> when you saw the tryouts, there are four now, finalists. You're like, okay, Jake Lloyd was the best of that group. Well, the thing about it is, and we talk about it aging well. I would say about 10, 12 years ago is when I had my uh, reawakening and epiphany of, I really enjoy this. Even the Phantom Menace that I had not liked at all. feel it? I, I did feel it was an awakening. <laughs> it, was, it was an awakening within me. I, I will say, um, clone, uh, not Clone Wars, um, Attack of the Clones, I really liked a lot better than Phantom Menace. And then, of course, Sith. I think everybody kind of liked the. Oh, even if I didn't love the prequels, this is the the maximum you could hope to squeeze out of this prequel trilogy, and it was epic, right? It was just epic. Looking at Obi Wan Kenobi specifically, and Ewan McGregor's, no one ever, even it, even though I looked at the Phantom Menace at the time of, oh, what what has George Lucas done? I never and how old were you in ninety nine? I was eighteen years old, so I just graduated okay. high school. And it was it was this anticipation of oh I haven't seen you know it, it, remember in '97 they had the original trilogy come back out with the special edition oh, in I the knew. theaters. In fact, last was, week yeah. on March 7th, Return of the Jedi. That oh, was 25 was years great. ago. Last week, oh, it was so 25 good. 25 years ago, last a week ago today. Okay, well, see that that had us all juiced to go see it, and then obviously watching the original trilogy again and on VHS that whole summer. Anyway, so I was disappointed. And a but few new surprises. I have come around, that. and I will say, I think everyone who allows it to age and enjoys it, and it, it probably had to do with my children, too. I have five kids, and my kids, when they brought it out, and they were going to release all of them again in 3D, I think it was in 2011, uh, and yes. then the Disney thing happened, or 2012. 20, 2009, 2010, yeah. Then the Disney thing happened, and so they just cut it all. So they did just you stopped. take the kids to Phantom Menace 3D? I did. I took my oldest. And I watched it, and they got their faces painted in the lobby of the theater, and they had R2-D2 rolling around and Darth Maul rolling. It was just this epic experience with my kids. And then we did the Disneyland uh, Jedi Training Academy with the kids. And everything just connected us. So I have connected with my kids. Now, like I said, I loved it when I was a child. Loved it when I was a teen. Took a little break probably in my early 20s in the prequel era and kind of went, oh, yeah, I like Star Wars, but oh, boy. And then I, I, I repented and <laughs> found the light repented. again, and the, and the force <laughs> swelled within my chest, and I've just been obsessed ever since. So a decade plus, I've been as, as high on Star in. Wars. I know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> pumping. And so I, I would just say the Obi-Wan Kenobi take by Ewan McGregor, I think, was always considered the best part of the prequels. Qui-Gon Jinn, Liam Neeson, everyone loved Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, uh, Jar Jar has actually grown on me, and I'm not going to lie. My son just bought a Black Series Jar Jar, and he loves it. And they are they are obsessed with all these characters. They love it. So I, I think everybody's just so excited in this series to see Ewan McGregor 10 years on, 15 years on, 20 years on, and go, now this is a full-blown Dark Times Right, what the, the whole conversation that he had with Luke to introduce him to the idea of the Jedi, you know, this is we're in it now. We're past the prequels. Now we've seen it in animation. We've seen a lot of this era in animation, Clone Wars, Rebels, a lot of it. We've seen a little piece in Rogue One just before the. Um, well, now this though, because if that's Luke and he's like nine or ten years sure. old, then that puts us in a spot that's never really been explored right. that much. We are other in a than dark maybe spot in of the dark times, I know, right? <laughs> and and maybe only in the books. Sure. The what was the one by Claudia Gray? The um, not Lost Stars. Yeah, it was Lost Stars. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh boy, I love that book. By the way, yeah. if you have not read Lost Stars, anybody listening right now, it's great. It, I would it takes... say that's the best Disney era book. It's a great book. It follows the it's whole Star Wars saga because up to... it goes through the original trilogy timeline. Yep, with and these the protagonists. Trilogy. Oh, that, yes, it does. It does, and and it gives you a completely different perspective on events that you know and love. Yep, in a really cool way. Read Lost Stars, yeah, because I've never read a lot of. I, ne- I didn't read a lot of the old expanded universe. Um, you know, I, I just didn't get into it at the time, and this one kind of brought me back into the the. You know the books. I've read uh, Catalyst is another one that's that's pretty good. That's kind of leading up to Rogue One. Yeah, I started that one and then I stuff. never finished it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not as as f- I say fun as Lost Stars. I don't know if Lost Stars should be described as fun. It's it's so fascinating and immersive with these characters that you're going, wow! I never thought of the guy who's piloting the Star Destroyer who isn't a full on space Nazi, but kind of just has bought into the right. right? And oh, the regular her people friend in the was galaxy. on the Death Star, and they went through the academy together, and they knew 
Tarkin. They had some run-ins with him. It's just a cool. It's a cool story. So I don't want to give away too much, but it's right. been out for years, I guess. Well, if you look but at it, great, you're like, oh, I don't book. know what this is. Give it a shot because I yeah, had it languish on the shelf. I bought it when it first came out, yeah. and then I didn't read it for like two or three years. And then when I read it, I was like, What was I waiting for? Yeah, that's I think I read somebody who said I loved Lost Stars, yeah. and I thought. Whatever, and yeah, I started reading it's it, a good one. and then I got hooked. So, all right, well, let's let's do this. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about what were the things that you saw in the trailer that got you most excited, and then let's do our fantastically wild things that will probably never happen, but <laughs> what if they did? How awesome would that be for Star Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series coming soon to Disney+. Plus. All right. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, Dan Spindle from KSL TV joining me, Andy Farnsworth, as we talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. Dan, what was the thing that excited you most about the trailer that we saw? We saw images of um, Inquisitors. Sure. We saw Obi-Wan kind of in hiding. about that now. If you've heard people talk about the complaints about the Inquisitors, hey, he doesn't look good enough. I think It was the the same thing they said about Cad Bane, though, because you've gone from the animation where they did that really thin profile of everything and it was a very macquarie esque you know, this is not, these aren't animated people. They're human beings who have right. round heads. Right. <laughs> That's what, the Grand Inquisitor, his head isn't long enough. Okay, okay. I, I think one thing they could do, if they just give him those yellow eyes that are glowing, That'll help. do that. Right? I'm just I surprised hope they, they didn't cast that. Jason Isaacs, who voiced him. I, same. Oh, my gosh. I love Jason Isaacs in many other things. And his voice as the Grand Inquisitor is the Grand Inquisitor to me. It's a great character and so evil. Now comes to my... Um my fan effect shame. Yes. When we first started this podcast uh, five, six years ago, uh, one of the f- things we did is we went up to Sundance in Park City and we did a bunch of interviews um, with, you know, sort of B-list people because sure. there's a lot of people that go up to Sundance. We ended up talking with a lot of people from Slam Dance, which is a similar film festival for right. people that don't get into Sundance. And we interviewed a couple people that we weren't necessarily thrilled about, but we weren't able to line up interviews with like anybody that was a name, like A list, yeah, or yeah. even A minus list or sure. B plus list. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't expect us to get you know whoever was headlining the festival the biggest name. Of course not. You know, if Robert Downey Jr. goes to Sundance, he's not coming. As no much as I like to think of ourselves yep. as a great podcast, he's not coming. Even with the KSL brand behind me, he's probably sure. not coming. Right. Yeah. He's going to talk to IMDb TV. He's going to talk to Entertainment Weekly and right. and Deadline Hollywood. Yep. And you know. I get that. Well, we did some interviews, and then we got a call. Like, we were going to be there for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We do, we interviewed Kevin Sorbo. We interviewed a couple of people who I'd okay, never heard of yeah. at the time. And then on Saturday, we interviewed somebody, and then we got a call from a publicity person. Hey, it turns out – I turned out also – this is how I learned how the Sundance game is played. They're like, hey, it turns out we have Jason Isaacs and uh, this kid Levi – I forgot his name. He, they were in Sorry, a movie Levi. together. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Red Dog, Blue, I don't even remember the name of the film. Okay. But they're like, would you would you guys want to talk to Jason Isaacs and, and Levi, the, the kid? And I was like, um, yeah. Yeah. So they come in and we talked to him and it was great. We talked to him about, you know, he's Lucius Malfoy. Sure, in the Harry yeah. Potter. He played uh, the, the bad guy in The Patriot. He's in The Patriot, yeah. We talked all about that. 
And then he had a great show, by the way, called Awake, which was canceled after half of a season. I just I throw that out there because it was one of the coolest series where he wakes up one day and his wife had died in a tragic accident. The sec- next day he wakes up, his son had died and he lives these dual lives trying to figure out really? what day it is. So oh, like sliding cool. doors. kind Oh, of a yeah. Thing? Very cool show. Ooh, anyway, I never heard of that. Well, and but, then he gets, you know, a month after Sundance, he gets cast as uh the Captain Lorca on the brand new Star Trek Discovery series, yes, which he played for the first season. Right, yeah. And we were like, oh, man, that's he right. probably knew that. I wish he could have told us. We found out he played tennis. Yeah. We end the interview, and we're like, oh, man, you guys are so cool. And he, he was really, you know, really nice guy. Right. And he's like, he's like, I'm surprised you guys didn't ask me about to be in the Grand Inquisitor oh, on geez. Star Wars. And I was like, Andy. oh, my gosh. All right, so... Uh, oh, we didn't record. Let's try that again. <laughs> oh, we you need mean to record again. We got to talk about. I did. Well, that is my Jason Isaac shame. I talked oh. to him for probably close to an hour, and I forgot to ask him about being the Grand Inquisitor. There's a whole segment of Star Wars fandom that doesn't watch a, a lot of the animated stuff, and I know especially Rebels. But I Clone had Wars watched it. You had watched it. Well, I just I knew he was that guy, and as soon as he told me, I was like, and part of it was to be fair. It was the last second nature of the interview, yeah. And I was thinking more on the live action stuff because we were talking to him right. in person. But I was kicking myself, like how when I was flipping through IMDb on my phone to make sure there wasn't some piece of filmography that I'd missed. And it was that. And it was, I just happens to be Star Wars Rebels. Well, and it's a great character. If anybody out in the audience doesn't know, I mean, it's just this great. Uh, I would say Sith esque. Obviously, it's a dark sider wielding this really cool lightsaber. So it kind of has, it makes you think of they, Darth they, Maul and then a little we, as bit. Over the series, we come to see that the Vader was identifying Force-sensitive children sure. to make them Inquisitors. Right, right yeah. And, and so they've got these, these. it goes from one Inquisitor to multiple. And, and again, it, it, his interactions with the characters of you know Ezra Bridger and uh, Kanan Jarrus and those guys on the show. I mean, it's it's fantastic. And he's a great antagonist and a great evil. I mean, it just seems like pure he's, evil. He's the, the villain of voice. the first season. Yeah. He's the villain of the first I, season. I, you'll, you'll find yourself wanting more. And so I hope they do it right. And I think they will. I did miss his voice in this trailer for okay. Obi-Wan Kenobi because, I mean, Jason Isaac's voice is just so like sinister, yep. perfect timber. It's just a great evil <laughs> voice. He's only played so, evil guys. I'm trying to think of one yeah. where he played a really good guy the whole movie. I, yeah, I can't like a think nice, of one. Yeah. I, we'd have to go through the uh, IMDb. I, but, <laughs> um, so yeah, th- th- what I look forward to, I mean, other than the music, we talked about the music. I mean, that was perfect in the trailer because it took it to a different level. Ewan McGregor just seeing him walking through these markets with your, um, oh, I almost said a do-back, a yopi, walking with that yopi creature guy, you know, which he's going to ride. Is that how you and pronounce kind of, it? Yopi? Yopi, I believe. A yopi. Oh, yeah, yeah. So seeing that and just kind of immersing and yourself. And it didn't even fart on him. It did not. I mean, that's what everybody remembers. <laughs> if George Lucas had done it, it would be, you know, farting and, and burping and all kinds of stuff. So... And he would have gotten hit in the the the, the downstairs the region too. So, I, just seeing, look, I know they're 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 only showing us very little. I'm guessing there's going to be big reveals. Obviously, we haven't seen Hayden Christensen yet, either. Right. As that's a, a that's the big piece of news. Helmeted Darth like Vader or or flashbacks, which I think we're going to get. They did flashbacks. show one picture of Vader in armor. Yes, we and, saw the and picture. We were told with, that uh, that's Hayden that. Christensen in there. His quote too in Entertainment Weekly was, "You are going to see a very powerful Vader." So think uh, the end of Rogue One, right. that type of Vader unleashed, which is um, Vader who is completely disconnected. I'm thinking from Padme, from the Force, from any uh, semblance of Anakin Skywalker. He's buried it. It's gone. Anakin is dead. And what Obi Wan is going to do? This is my opinion, folks. Okay. Obi-Wan is going to rekindle something. There will be a, a slight spark lit, maybe kind of like See, we saw with Ahsoka. I don't think he will. I think we will. I don't think he will. Okay. Well, we're at a di- we're at an impasse here. And here's why. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Go ahead. The reason I think not is their duel in A New Hope. If there was a spark of good, uh, he wouldn't have been so anxious to take him out. Well, I think that, you'll that's have a, why. I think you'll have a couple of encounters. I don't think in we're, this gonna, one. we're not going to get to hear inside Vader's head. Okay. We're not going to get to see. I don't think we're going to because because Vader would never speak about this to anybody else. Sure. So there isn't anybody that he would well mention this to. So we're, there's no way for us to get that. Well, let me process. qualify what I said. Then I, I will say that I believe that Obi Wan. 
believes there is a spark, and perhaps he will. Okay, I believe he thinks that at the beginning of the series. Right. I, I think we're going to have how a, they'll come together. I think we're going to have a couple of encounters though within this show. I don't think we're just going to see a, an ultimate Vader and um, Obi Wan fight. Once. I don't think they're going to fight. Oh well, I think I some don't of the, think they will. Some of the wording that we've seen, they say the biggest rematch of the century. That's what uh, Kathleen Kennedy has said, and I think okay. we're going to see a full-on fight. Oh, yes. Full-on fight. Okay, so we got to parse over what... <laughs> I mean, it's gonna, I think it's going We're to be an epic nerds. fight. So you parse over oh, what yes. Vader said in their next encounter. When I left Joe's But the Learner, um, I haven't f- sensed this presence since now, I was in the presence of my old master. I know never tied the that hands was of Star Wars written. creators. I, I understand ever. that. But Didn't Obi Wan say, Alec Guinness said, I don't ever recall owning a droid. That's R2 D2. But he never owned it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so he was just There being are coy. other astromechs. <laughs> sure. There was a right. We saw lots R2, of different astromechs. We need to be going up, not down. We are too. Oh, yeah. The droid that is is more prevalent in the prequel trilogy than ever before. Anyway, and to be fair, being, he was only with the droids for like a day. Sure, sure. Um, so here's the thing, though. Ahsoka, and he has a lot on his mind. He forgets <laughs> stuff. If anybody saw um, the Ahsoka Vader fight in Rebels, yes, um, I think we might see something similar to that. She busted off part of his helmet. She sees an eye. They kind of tried to combine Matt Lanter's voice of Anakin Skywalker with kind of a uh, James Earl Jones style. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Did, I, did, was it Matt Lanter that they had voice him for that for spot? that? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I thought for some reason I they had it. Well, I, you're I don't probably think so. right. It's I think probably, it's probably Matt Lanter and James Earl. Jones. I just think at that point. Where Ahsoka is kind of thinking, and you will die braver yeah. than most. That was so, a great line. I think we'll see something like that, where where Obi Wan thinks that you know what, maybe there's a chance, maybe I've got a shot, and and Vader. You, I think we as an audience might even suspect that. Oh, is there something within him that? And then boom, he's gonna kill somebody. Dave Filoni <laughs> was very clear when he did that season two of Rebels when Vader yeah. became the the big thing at the end. And he was very, very clear. He says, Ahsoka in no way brought, started, it didn't start the process. It didn't do anything. He said, that is Luke and it has to be and it always will be Luke. He goes, I need to make that clear. This wasn't a thing. I wasn't trying to create a scene where you're like, ooh, maybe his his caring for Ahsoka was what started softening his heart. He's like, let me make it clear. I think what we'll get then, we're going to get some great, if you want to call it exposition or whatever, exposition kind of dismisses it, but actually we're going to see some good, rich conversation back and forth between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, I think. Um... Well, they're but not going to have like a fireside chat. No, I'm saying uh, Here's either the, in combat or using the force to to communicate. Do something. Okay. No, I'm saying to well, do. There's going to be some wants, sort of confrontation I, that, that is filled with thing. tension. Like, is Obi Wan want to remain dead? Like, I feel like. Well, sure. I feel like if if him and Obi, I mean, I guess because Kathleen Kennedy said there's going to be a rematch. There's going to sure. be a rematch. Yeah. But I, I feel like if. Vader knows that Obi-Wan's alive somewhere in the yeah. galaxy, then it's not surprising when he shows up on the Death Star. Sure. But he says you shouldn't have come back, and I think that's what we're going to see here. He's not saying you shouldn't have come back because we fought on Mustafar. He's saying you shouldn't have come back. So now we're going to say, oh, that must have been referring to this thing we're about to see. Like, we haven't seen it yet. You shouldn't have come back. In Return of the Jedi, the novel, I don't remember if we talked about this in a different podcast, you and or I. Or standing but, at my desk, probably. Or, yeah, we do have a lot of those conversations, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, offline. A, a TV producer's like, I love your podcast. And we're like, oh, you've listened to it? He's like, no, I just no, listen to you guys you talking guys are at the desk. standing there in the newsroom. <laughs> but he, in the Return of the Jedi novelization, Obi-Wan has a really long monologue with Luke on Dagobah explaining okay. to him the whole story. Yeah. You know, when he left, he didn't know your mother was pregnant. That sure. was a line that obviously has been retconned. Right. Um, but one of the other things was, you know, I thought I could turn him back. And so I went back and we fought. So they fought once when he left and then uh-huh. they fought again. And then at least in Return of the Jedi, he said that's when he fell into the lava pit. And when he emerged ah. from the lava pit, he was more machine than man. Okay. He was not Anakin any longer. And so obviously they've. You know, the prequels tell that story a little bit differently. Right. So it's not going to be exactly like that. But the idea that Obi-Wan went back a second time thinking, okay, look, if that's really Anakin. Now, we assume that the more I think about this, Anakin has to assume or I mean, uh, Obi-Wan has to assume that Anakin is dead. 
He left him on the beat. On, sure. On, on a, on a, so it's he doesn't be a know Palpatine's then. coming to pick him up. Right. And he left him. I don't remember if he saw him catch fire. I, I'd have to go I, back yeah. and rewatch. But he left him there limbless and on sure. the edge of a river flow. The, and he took and his lightsaber. No... He's like, you're not surviving this. I'm sorry. I, I can't bring me to actually right. end your life here. But if your life ends on the shore of this lava flow, yeah. this is where it is. So Obi-Wan doesn't know that Vader's Anakin. Nobody in the galaxy knows that Vader's Anakin sure. until Ahsoka figures it out. Right. So, and also, Obi-Wan is not, because I think I probably always assumed, oh, Obi-Wan's probably protecting from this Darth Vader. No, Obi-Wan is protecting Luke from the Emperor. That's what they're protecting right. them from, the Emperor. And nobody knows who Vader, I think Can that's I, a key point, is that nobody knows know, who Vader is. I was, do you think people even know that Vader, how many people know who Darth Vader is? Now, this is a galaxy where in some of the animation we've seen like these hala newscasts where where Palpatine shows up, oh, here I am, and it's not really, he doesn't look like the scarred emperor. So how much propaganda is out there? Who who knows? We know that when Darth Vader walks into the long conference room, those guys don't really respect him as the Dark Lord of the Sith that will end your life instantly. They go, oh, don't try, don't, don't frighten us with your pet. sorcerer's ways, you're, you're Lord the Vader. Guy, you're the Emperor's fist. The so, Emperor sends yeah. you in on black missions, for so lack of a better word, point. you know, the do, dark do ops. Do people really know? Because black that's, ops, that's, that's why on Rogue One, when those guys saw a lightsaber ignite and this guy breathing in this apparatus thing coming at him, the reason they look so terrified, I think they were confused out of their minds, too, going, what am I looking at? What is this creature being guy? And then he starts using the Force, and they're going, these are the dark times, right? There are not Force users everywhere. Right. People don't know all about it. I mean, Ray, if you go even farther into the future, Ray kind of says, oh, Luke Skywalker, the myth. The control, this is a suggestion in theory, the control of the Empire over information, history, you know, current events, that kind yep. of thing. The narrative of where they the live Jedi and what's happening. Was, it was a Jedi rebellion to everybody but those of us who watched Revenge of the Sith right. and Bail Organa right. and some of the people who knew, but they couldn't everybody speak out. Everybody thought, now, you kind of think, man, the Jedi were around for so long, a thousand generations. Come on now. Doesn't everybody just know everything about it? Well, they know. do a good job in the in the animated series of trying to show you the political landscape and not because – you, well, you have to tell a different story than the one that we, watching from another galaxy far, far away, yeah, are seeing the yeah. story. We, we know the Jedi are right and good, and we know Yoda's a good guy, yeah. but the people who live they there have had three years of a war. And if you watch in, I want to say, I want to say it's the final season of Clone Wars, the one we, those sure. four or five episodes yes. we got a year or two ago. They're incredibly cinematic, by the way. They're oh, just so they're good. awesome, yeah. So good. And tying, you know, Rebels and Clone Wars sure. and the movies all together. Uh, there was a vid that's playing in the background yes. of Palpatine saying things like, you know, the Jedi are doing some curious things. And so we've, yeah. we've passed some new legislation to just make sure. I, I don't remember the exact dialogue. Well, I'd have to go back. But he's been laying the groundwork for three years. Right. Publicly and in different sure. things, they try to hint at it in Revenge of the Sith. Some of the dialogue where the Jedi Council is really wary because they see what Palpatine's doing. Right. I sense a plot against the Jedi. You know, wow, Mace, you think at this yeah. point you finally sense well, it? And, and but, like in uh, Solo, same thing in Solo when Han goes to to sign up for the Imperial Navy, and in the background you hear the Imperial March, but being played in a major key, not a minor key, and it's yeah, this beautiful. That okay, change okay, go back of and watch it. Minor. It's, well, because it doesn't sound like the dun 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 dun. dun. Oh, it, it takes away like, the evil din, sound. Din, 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 din. And it's like this. Oh wow, I'm so excited to join the Empire because you are. And it says, do your part and join the Empire and fight for your 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 uh, Emperor, right? And it's this. It's propaganda. It's pure propaganda. Yep. So we have to get in the mindset of the people in that galaxy. Uh, you just mentioned, okay, Darth Vader. Think about how Ezra. If you again, if you haven't seen Rebels, the way Ezra and Kanan when they see Darth Vader in season two, and they go, "What is that?" I think right. they even say, "What is that?" I mean, they might say, "Who is that?" But they go, "What the?" They don't know what this Dark Lord of the Sith right. is, and that's even closer to the start of the original Star Wars trilogy. So I don't think it's widely known that there is this beast of a machine slash man who's, who's a force, force user, user and has a lightsaber. Has a lightsaber. I think that idea is this freakish horror film type thing where they go, because they don't picture it that way. They picture it as a government 
that they all are oppressed under or they kind of take it for what it is. And then when the when the emperor really obviously kind of squeezes, some new because then they Leia, rebel. when Leia, who's in the Senate, it confronts Vader oh, for the Darth first time. And she's I like, I should have You know, I, I right. would have expected to find so, you holding okay. Vader's leash. So she knew, yeah. yeah. And, you know, but Darth maybe, Vader, only you could be so bold. I, yeah, I just, I don't know that, I'm sure they don't have him. I'm, I'm thinking like Hunger Games, too, you know, where they have the, the broadcasts to all of the uh, sections or factors or whatever they're called, the districts. Well, they did that in Rebels, too. Yeah, I just think that the, I, I think we're in agreement on this. There's got to be some sort of a control of the information where Darth Vader, I think when Obi-Wan sees him and has a revelation, that when he finds out and that's this the thing. is so Anakin. I, that, I, I think I would guess that most casual fans go in assuming that Obi-Wan already knows right. that Anakin is Vader. I might have and thought about I, that too, but no, I think I you're think, right. I think it's going to be. That's one of the things is he discovers that's who it is. Agreed. Maybe yeah. that's how we get a season two. Oh, is, we can only hope. Is that now he knows, now he wants to make a shot at, at, at doing something. I don't know. Well, and this one's only going to be. I'm like, I want as much content as possible possible yeah this is six episodes so we've gone from but there'll be an hour each probably i sure hope so and and we have to remember folks when you're going oh i wish there were more if we got a movie or a trilogy even a trilogy would only be six hours tops tops well and not just about one character closer to to eight (laughs) maybe just because they made them i mean it was the last jedi was two hours and 45 minutes okay so now but the prequels weren't that long i don't think so nowadays yes you would get that much but but that's what we're going to get, a full-blown trilogy's worth of Obi-Wan Kenobi over a six-week period. It's going to be incredible, just incredible. I can't wait. I, like I said, I I was surprised at how I reacted to the trailer. I didn't expect to react to it as excitedly and sure. as animatedly as I did. And to actually get hopes up, I, I've tried not to let hopes get too high. Just right, because yeah, I, me too. It, it's easier, I think, as somebody in my in my 40s to be disappointed by something i got my hopes up for it, sure when it comes you've to been waiting like a, this, a long yeah, time yeah we build it long up time. our brains you know as they mature and they're able to keep stories and you know we've right. watched enough movies that you start to understand how story arcs work sure whereas when you're a kid it's just all, like you just absorb it you're like luke yeah oh hey, it's well, happening of course i was supposed time. to blow up the death star right. why wouldn't i be it's only when you're older <laughs> that you're like wow dude that was pretty lucky yeah oh yeah <laughs> so i I'm excited. Now, yes. let's do crazy far out. We've already sure. kind of hinted at a couple of things, but crazy far out things that what if they happen in Obi-Wan Kenobi that would make you go, oh, blank, well, yes. Here's a, here's one of my, uh, Dank Farrick. We can use the Star Wars curse words that they've created in The Mandalorian, right, Dank Farrick? Um, I, I will say this isn't crazy, but just something that must happen or must not happen. They got to get to it. They got to cruise along because uh, we don't want to like, spend a bunch of time of Obi Wan pettering around well, Tatooine in the look, background. I love the minutia. I love the day to day stuff. I really do because you can just thrust me into this world and this universe and this galaxy. I'm cool. I like the little stuff. Right. But six episodes because we'd live there if we could. Oh, sure. For weeks and months at a time. Sure. Even with an hour per episode, you got to get to it. I think Book of Boba Fett people thought, oh, cool, he got out of the Sarlacc pit, and now, okay, here we go. And it kind of meandered its way along to the story. This thing out out the gate is going to have to be off and running. So I, I look forward to that. Um, something that would be crazy. I mean, uh, you know, these aren't all original ideas. I've been consuming a lot of social media posts. I mean, what if, what if Jar Jar makes an appearance, you know, and has something to do with this? And I thought, first of all, I thought, well, I don't think they have the CGI budget to do a Jar Jar the way that Jar Jar would need to be and done. Ahmed Best, I don't think, wants Ahmed to revisit Best, it. Nope, he's not, well, you know, he's, he's hopefully at peace now. But And, and people kind of like the character now. But that would be bizarro. Um, I mean, uh, I don't have anything crazy. I just have some stuff that I don't need to see. One of those would be, I like that you've got Uncle Owen, you've got Owen Lars, right. you've got Obi-Wan, and we know we're going to have Darth Vader. Baru also, by the way, Bonnie P.S. Okay. We don't need to bring in anybody else. Can I just say that? I, I don't need tons of other characters. If you have like a cameo of a of a Tarkin, of a uh, I don't know Admiral, well, I don't know you're who gonna would be have in to have a, you're going to have to have a cameo of someone high up because at sure. some point Vader's got to get well, sent Tarkin, to wherever this is. Tarkin so it's either Tarkin throughout, or it's the Emperor himself. You and I would like to see the Emperor. I'd like to see some holograms, perhaps. But again, I would almost like to see Ian McDiarmid doing a hologram style. Hello, citizens of the galaxy. I sound more like Alleginus there, but... Well, uh, he changed his tone when he says, The First Galactic Empire. Oh, he did. So you could have him, again, maybe spreading some propaganda. And I think one of the things, too, now that you say that, now that you say that, 
uh, even in some of the updated, uh, you know, the, the official canon now book stuff, they've talked about how the emperor is like a huge recluse. You don't see sure. him hardly yeah. ever. Yeah. You know, they, he, he's there. He's giving orders. They kind of know he controls the Senate. So maybe they allude to him somehow. No, but, I, say... but he can talk directly to Vader. But yes. having him be yes. a thing in the background like you were describing, sure. I don't think so based sense, on how they've done that that well, that'll then, happen. Barring the emperor, I'd like to see some propaganda just to see some. What are we seeing? Almost Big Brother style. If you think of 1984 and how Big Brother had to put these, uh, you know, advertisements or whatever you want to call it, broadcasts. I'd like to see something like that, uh, you know, see the squeeze of the empire on the regular everyday people, too, because you're getting the full floods of stormtroopers coming out now. They are tightening their grip on areas, even, you know, Tatooine. Yes, we I mean, do we know Did Tatooine have we're gonna be on Tatooine for most of it. I, know I know we're going we to other ones, well, but uh, I, I, heard, I don't again, mind it. But this isn't my idea either. But what we're thinking is what if they get off Tatooine quickly? Because the Inquisitors, once they find Obi-Wan, which they're going to because you see the Inquisitors on Tatooine, right? You see that photo in, in Entertainment Weekly with, what's her name? Well, they have her name out there, face-to-face. Right? Face. Well, she's face-to-face -face with Owen Lars, though, oh. right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're going to find uh, Obi-Wan, so to protect but Luke. But see, what that means, too, is that means they're close to Luke, whether they know who he is or not. That's why Obi-Wan is going to take off. That's okay. why he's going to leave off world to go, hey, this way, everybody, follow me. Nothing to see here, right? Right. I think that's why... And again, I didn't. I, I kind of stole that idea. I heard on a bunch of podcasts and and and, and um, you know social media posts. I believe that's probably what we'll see. That's where we get on this other. There's a new daimyo, daiyu. There's a new. There's a new world that they've already right. named, and it looks. That's the one where Obi Wan's using a gun in the trailer. I want to yes, say yes, which is so uncivilized of him. But I mean, dark times. Well, man. he doesn't want to whip out the lightsaber if he's trying measures. not to let sure. him know he's a Jedi. Oh yeah. So yeah, I, I I am glad to see this Coruscant style. I'd like to see Coruscant in and of itself. I'd like to see that. So give that's us that's one of the worlds. things from the Colin Trevorrow. Uh, the ending uh, duel to, of the fates. Well, just that uh, there was going to be, it. there was going to be, they were going to go to Coruscant. Yeah, Part of the plot yeah, was getting to Coruscant yep. and like re reigniting the Jedi beacon sure. or something like that. Um, yeah, I would like to see that. Uh, maybe, maybe Vader's temple. I'm sure we'll probably we're probably something see like that. that. I'm sure. Um, which is great. Well, because what's that ship flying to that's in, like, the watery well, planet with the big is, obelisk? Is that, that a prison? Is, no, that is the Inquisitors. It's called something crazy obvious, like... Inquisitorious or something. I'm serious. Okay. It's it's some. It's a it's a it's a it's an inquisitor base is what okay. it is. And it appeared in I believe one of the video games because I showed my kids and they're like, oh yeah, that looks like the thing in the video game that they fly to. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what it is. <laughs> so it's established. So I need to play some more of the video games. I own fans. them. I'm gonna have to play it. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't know what it is exactly, but I know that it's established in canon already, uh, the Inquisitor base. Okay. So we'll see that. Um, well, it would be called the Inquisitor base on the 1978 toy release. Absolutely right. <laughs> and or, then, what do you call Inquisitor? Only we now would it be Dark given Side it a name. user base or something like that. <laughs> Dark Side guy base. Um, so I'm, and it I'm, would have figures that have nothing to do with it that's that right. are sitting in it. That's right. Or, or reused <laughs> figures. Look, I'm getting very excited to see... Just where they go with this, because six episodes is going to be this good, rich, solid. Now, somebody suggested, again, this isn't my own idea, that perhaps there's a run-in with Cassie and Andor because it's going to lead into the Andor series. And we've had crossover. Okay. Up to this point, we had Mandalorian. Then Boba Fett crossed over with Mandalorian. Okay, that's the same timeline. Andor is the same timeline. Because but, 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 I haven't heard when the Andor is getting I set. Is it a, an immediate prequel to I, no, I think uh, it's Rogue a few, One? Or I think is it it's, I think it's a, a few years. Before. I think okay. it's a few years before. So if you think Cassian, he, he, he would still be very active, you know, building up. He said it was since he was six years old. We're not going to go that far back, obviously, because that would be way too far back. But he could be an active <laughs> participant in the growing resistance or, They've got or rebellion. They've new de-aging technology that makes Diego Luna right. look six years no, old. No, he'll look. I, I think we could have that if they want to do that. It might be too much. It might be too much to explain, again, in only six hours worth of content. Well, I, I, would, I would be more I would be more. But, but I, I would expect like more that we would what see I'm you characters <laughs> in Andor later that we saw introduced in Obi Wan. Sure. I could oh, see I like that, that yeah, happening for sure. more. Like for sure. you, like you oh. met some character you've never met before. Okay. Obi Wan meets them, and How then in the Andor they show up again. And you're like, the character oh. we've met before. What about Saw Gerrera? Okay. What if they have Saw Gerrera? 
He could appear because Saw Gerrera. He's still alive by oh, Rogue full, One. Oh, and he's full and he's full on, robot then. And right now he is full on rebellion. Maybe we'll rebellion. get to see Borgullet again. Borgullet knows. So at least then that justifies him being in the because that was to me was the wasted part. It was a, of Rogue it was, One. It was out there, man. Borgullet will scramble your brain until it's not scrambled anymore, and you can fly again <laughs> quickly. Afterward. Just enough in time for you to Borgullet lead the mission. Reveals, yeah. I still love. I love but Forrest Whitaker's take. But they could Whitaker's go to Jedda again. Maybe Obi Wan ends up on Jedha. Again, a very active Jedha, an active presence of gathering. Uh, what about Yoda? What about Dagobah? Yoda's alive. Yeah, but I don't. I got will, the impression will that he doesn't. Reach out though, will they he try only and through the Force? I would okay, guess. how about Qui Gon? Are we going to see a, a Force communion with Qui Gon? The end of Revenge they of the were, Sith. That was what they were hinting Yoda at very was, heavily. Oh yeah, oh yeah. they did. Hint I would at like that, that because. I would too. I would and, like and, that. And look, Liam Neeson. Because then you can explain away, like, of course, Liam Neeson wasn't there at the end of Return of the Jedi because Luke would have no idea who Qui Gon Jinn was. There'd be yes. no reason for him to be there. And Liam Neeson barely knows who Qui Gon Jinn is. Okay, so, <laughs> but I, I think we could see that a, a communion with with Force Ghost uh, Qui Gon. Okay, see, so those are some good suggestions. Yeah, I they're like. Not, those. They're not crazy wacky. No, I've got stuff, some crazy know. wacky. Ones, How about though? Porkins? What if we had Porkins? You know, no, this is 10 years, you can't, you and he's can't start touch on the his, 1977 per, per, um, Porkins will start portrayal his, uh, from his weight gain that is, uh, you know, it's it's an unfortunate thing that happens in Porkins' life, and he starts gaining weight, and then maybe that's why he You're crashed so mean, and Dan. got hit. Oh, those of us who have George bellies. George Lucas, I have a belly. George Lucas named him Porkins. George Lucas is <laughs> that's that, true. That's the worst. <laughs> Poor guy. He named the fat guy Porkins. Red, that's a good point. Red they should have called him or whatever slim. he was. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> All right. So some of the crazy things that I think would be super awesome if they happened. Um, Darth Maul appearing. Okay. We, we know can do that. we know from the the animated series that and Maul is still obsessed sure. with Obi Wan with ending their Kenobi. Right. That's who he's searching for. <laughs> yeah. Really. I mean, he only's using Ezra I mean, to get have, to. You could Kenobi. have Maul. You could have uh, Savage Opress, his brother. Right. No, Savage Opress is dead. Uh, he How was killed before? by. Uh, he was killed by. Palpatine. Right, but when was he killed by Palpatine? During Clone Wars. Oh, he was in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. That wasn't in... That was one of the greatest episodes post, of the Clone yeah, yeah, Wars yeah, yeah, was yeah, that yeah. episode. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't uh, Rebels era. Yeah, the way the way Palpatine oh, yeah. spanked them oh, down yes. was my son amazing. Sh- my son showed me that recently again. He said, yeah, Dad, you got to rewatch this, man, because Palpatine's fighting goes to another level. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, no Savage. Um, but Sith but having, having a Sith, to Darth Maul. he doesn't have to be central. But I mean, that's the thing. That their story came yeah. together in Rebels, and, and sure. the scene where Sam Witwer is voicing Maul, and I want to say he was either him or, or another guy that it would just have to nailed the Alec Guinness. Somehow. But they oh, it was it was Stephen Stanton. Stephen, right, yes. and, and that was a great Alec Guinness impression. Yes, for, oh yeah, you're in the wrong place. Oh like, yeah, that was great. Stephen Stanton does that. He's also, uh, by the way, he's so the have... Mon Cal in Rogue One. He's uh, Admiral Raddus as oh. well. Yeah, he does great voices. He does a ton of voices actually in Star Wars. But having that thread that brings Maul, he doesn't have to be the central character this year. Sure. I think if, in fact, I think it would be a mistake hey, if it was Maul. Anything more than just. Something happening somewhere where Maul, because he's there. We know he's there. We know he's got his metal legs. I would we say, saw him in Solo, which is a few years later. Well, and that's what I want to see. Not necessarily. I like the gang from Solo if they did that, but I want to see a Crimson Dawn crime boss show that's not the crime boss show that lacked anything about a crime boss in Boba Fett. I mean, Boba Fett was kind of like, are you going to be this crime boss or not? And and it showed hints of what it could be, this underworld and Crimson Dawn and the Pikes and all of that. I'm interested in a show that's a gangster, mobster, underworld CD, you know, and we got a bit of that in Solo. We've gotten a bit of it in right, animation. Right, but we don't want that to be the main character. No, 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 Disney doesn't why, want no. Star Wars to be showing like... sure glorifying the, no, the organized crime element so they can they only could, be the opponent. That's agreed. why that's they part introduce... of the reason that making Boba Fett the, the protagonist, if you're not, True. you're going to have to turn him kind of good. Agreed. And then that takes away some of what's made him so cool all this time. Well, I think that's the only reason we would see Maul in this is maybe just to, Doing uh, something to in the set background. it up for something else. Okay. Maybe. So that would be cool. That would be not necessarily wild, but it'd be something. And then how about this? Okay. Mace Windu is alive, and he's either killed My by the Inquisitor or he's killed by Vader. Oh boy! Because uh, that you can't, we, you can't kill Obi Wan. Is everybody so we know, upset if they kill him and they'll say, "You just kill everybody, Disney? Why are you killing know everybody?" That Obi Wan is going to survive. So there is no tension as far as Obi Wan's life. We know Luke is going to survive, so there is no tension regarding what's going to happen to Luke. And 
we know at the very least that Vader doesn't know that Obi-Wan's on Tatooine or when he had a Star Destroyer over it at the beginning of New Hope, then there would have been something that happened. I'm so all for it. Bring we back We know Mace. all those things. Yeah. So who's a high-stakes character that we Mace could, that would make you happy as a fan to see again? You will see that that purple blade ignite, and everyone will lose their minds. It would be it would be the Luke Skywalker yeah. appearing at sure. the end of Mandalorian Season 2 level of freaking awesome. On Sam Jackson has said over and over again, bring him he back. He would get to fight bring with all back. his might yeah. against Darth Vader. And yeah. then he would lose. Sure. We okay. know he's not around after that. I, I'm this okay This would satisfy with that. everything. It would satisfy everything. It would satisfy the people who didn't like how he went out in the in the prequel trilogy. It would give, you know. Andy, I like, I like your thinking. Okay. Do it. Bring it on. I don't know if that's will happen, but that would hit all the major points. We should end when we're in agreement. Mace Windu. <laughs> we should just settle that. That's good. You know, before I saw Revenge of the Sith, somebody's like... This was a rumor. Everyone who fights in a lightsaber duel loses at least once. And then I went through the movie and like Obi-Wan lost to Count Dooku. Yeah. Defeated once. Anakin, Anakin was defeated by yeah. Obi-Wan. Uh, Grievous was defeated by uh, Obi-Wan. Right, yeah. Uh, Dooku was defeated by Anakin. Sure. Uh, Palpatine was defeated by Windu. Windu... Defeated by Anakin. Was defeated by Anakin. They didn't actually fight each other, but he was beaten while he was holding his lightsaber turned on. Zapped him out the window. So I was like, shoot, that's pretty cool. That was good. We're excited. I guess there's no other way to say it. We're excited for Obi Wan. Yes. We just talked for over an hour. I'm sure you'll edit some of this down. Bring it on. We're going to talk about it a lot during, too. That'll be great. I think we should do weekly talks. Let's do it. As they drop. Let's do it. All right. So that's it for this episode of Fan Effect. Uh, We're glad that you joined us. uh, Presented by the Megaplex Theaters. We hope that you'll listen to our other episodes. Fan Effect. uh, You can find us on. All the social medias, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, Fan Effect Show, E-F-F-E-C-T. Check us out there, and we hope to have you back and listening to our next episode coming up real soon. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.